Well, good morning, Faith Community Church. I'm excited. Are you excited? You know why I'm excited? Because today is the day when you guys all dug out to get here, right? Like you had every excuse to stay home, but you chose to be here, and that just makes me so excited. I love these mornings. I love to be with you guys. And uh, hey, and if you're online with us this morning, you had every opportunity to roll over and, and go back to sleep, but instead you got up and you're here with us, and we're excited that you're here. I'm also excited that in two weeks from today, small groups begin uh, for our next session. Are you excited about that? I see Pastor Sam couldn't get, it, couldn't get nothing out of you. I can't get nothing out of you, but we'll get you. We'll get you, right? But uh, small groups are coming. Small groups have had such an impact on my life and on so many of the people's lives that I know, and you need to be in a small group. And if you're not and you, you say to yourself, I'd never be in a small group, I just want you to prayerfully consider it, okay? We're not try, I'm not trying to twist your arm or, or anything like that. But so many stories have come from people who said, I, I wasn't sure about it. I didn't want to go. But now I have a group of people that are praying with me, that are supporting me. Now I've made a connection here or there, and I don't feel alone anymore in, in, in whatever I'm going through. And it's, small groups are such an incredible part. You know, it's awesome to come on Sunday morning, to stare forward, uh, to participate in worship, uh, to listen to amazing sermons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just cheap laughs. That's what I'm for. I'm just after cheap laughs. And, uh, but, you know, there's something different about sitting in a circle with a group of people, getting to know their story, letting them get to know yours. And I want to encourage you to go by the tables to sign up. Those groups start on February the 4th. Now, you know, we've been in this series on maintenance, and we're doing maintenance in our spiritual lives because I believe that in this year, God wants to do something different in our lives. God wants to move in our lives. God wants to move in our lives individually. God wants to move in our church together. I believe that this year, we've kind of gotten to a place where there's some clear air, where God can speak and move, and God wants to do some things in our lives. Amen? But, you know, if God blesses us or if, if something negative happens, if a change comes in our lives and we're not anchored, if we're not moored to something, then that change, even if it's a good change, can have a negative impact on our lives. We've been talking over the last few weeks about prayer and about reading the scriptures, and it's prayer and scriptures that anchor our lives, that help us to, to weather whatever happens. You know, you could get a whole bunch of money rained down on your head, and it can ruin your life, Yeah. I mean, you know, there's hundreds of stories of people and they got so rich and they got rich fast and they had a huge blessings and the next thing you know, their lives are just detonated, right? A difficult season can ruin our lives. We can go through a valley. We could suffer. We could go through hardship and, and that could, could wreck our lives. You, you, maybe you're young and you don't know this, but something could come in your life and if you're not anchored, wreck your life and you'll lose a decade. You'll just turn around and you'll, and you'll say, well, I, this happened and the next thing I know it was 10 years later. And, and I'm trying to kind of pick up the pieces. Can I get an amen from anybody who knows that what I'm saying to you is true? We need to be anchored, in the, and prayer and the scriptures is what anchors us and allows us to understand what God is saying, allows us to endure those seasons and to go through them. And prayer and the scriptures is what leads us into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And this morning, we're going to talk about our relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who desires to speak into us, desires to guide us, desires to lead us. And as we, we understand how to communicate with him and how to hear from him through prayer, through the Bible. So we talked about those things, and now we're here at this relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm pumped because just thinking about what God wants to do and how he wants to lead us. And I want to begin this morning in John chapter 14. 
We're going to start with some words from Jesus. We're going to jump over to John 16 and then one verse from Galatians 5 as we get in. And I promise you that we're going to have a whole lot of scripture today. Today's going to be just a Bible day because I want you to see patterns in the New Testament. I want us to see and understand how much God desires to speak into our lives. Amen? Amen. Hey, that was better. I, I see you. I see you coming. John chapter 14, uh, starting at verse 15. And it says this, Jesus speaking, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Then in John chapter 16, starting at verse 7, Jesus speaking again, he says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. The disciples didn't believe that. They wanted Jesus to stay. No, stay, Jesus. Lead us. Let us see you. Let us hear you. But he said, Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer, and about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. And then Galatians chapter 5. And verse 25 says this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's pray together. God, we magnify you in this place. We worship you. We confess that you are able to do mighty and glorious things. We confess, God, that you love us. And Lord, you desire for us to follow you and that your ways are the best ways. God, you are good. We love you. And we desire that you would speak to us, that you would lead us, that you would use me this morning and these words that I've prepared, God, to stir our hearts and to strengthen us, God. Lord, as we lean into you, God, be blessed. And we ask it all in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I genuinely love people. I, I, I love to get to know people. I love to find out their stories. I want to know what makes them tick. I want to know how they think. I, I, I love people. I've been around people that don't love people, and those people don't make sense to me. I'm just like, how can you not love people? I mean, God made these people, and there's just so much going on in them, and I just want to know it. I want to know what's going on. And so I have, I've got a lot of relationships. I've got a lot of family. I've got friends. I've got a lot of acquaintances. I've got frenemies. I don't know, you know, like a frenemy is like somebody you're slightly in competition with and you're not sure if you want them to do better or whatever, you know. I mean, I got those, you know, I'm like, I hear, you know, and you get to fight back, you hear they're doing well and you're like, uh, good for you, you know. I mean, I got, it. I got people, some people don't like me and, and I'm okay, but I mean, I still love them because I'm supposed to because Jesus said so and, and, and still, and I still wonder, like if somebody doesn't like me, I'm like, I wonder how they got there. Like, I wonder what their thinking is. Like, not in a bad way. I'm just curious. Like, I genuinely love them. But out of all those relationships, there's one relationship that's unique in my life. And it probably makes sense to you. If I said, hey, what's the unique relationship in my life? It'd be pretty easy for you to guess. And that is my relationship with my wife, Michelle. 
Uh, Michelle and I have a unique relationship. I mean, we're married. We've, we've been together for almost 30 years. We've been married for almost 28 years. And uh, we've been together. And, and, and there's a bond between us. It's a spiritual bond, a physical bond. Uh, we, uh, you know, we live in the same place. We have children together. We, all of those things. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a bond that's a covenant bond for better or for worse, right? For richer or for poorer in sickness and in health, right? Uh, and, and we know that that, that bond is there. And, and it's real. And, and, and we live it. And we live and we know one another and, and it's good. And we spent so much time together that we know one another. In fact, I mean, I know my wife. I, I, I know, uh, you know what kind of mood she's in. We, we don't have to always talk and to communicate, all those things. When she's getting ready in the morning, uh, I could go downstairs and I can listen to her in the bathroom uh, upstairs. And I could tell how she's, by how she's walking what, what she's got on her agenda for the day. You know, because different shoes make different sounds. And so if I hear clack, 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 I know she's got a meeting. And uh, she's going to come out dressed up and looking beautiful, right? If I hear swish, 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 right, then that means she's got a really chill day and the shoes aren't like heels or anything like that. And uh, it's pretty chill. I could tell if it's an important day, important meeting, because when my wife has a tat, she walks with purpose, right? And if you ever see Michelle, she's... Her parents are here on the front row, and they know, and she walks with purpose. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder what she's got today. She's got something on the agenda today. And I can tell if the people are important because it takes a little longer. And there's a few more steps and a few more passes. And I'm like, man, all I have to do is just hear, and I basically know what's going on with my wife. You know, and I can tell what kind of mood she's in just by how she breathes. You know, uh, sometimes I'll get a, I'll get a, and I'll be like, what's wrong? And she says, Nothing, all right. Uh, but I know, I don't have, she doesn't have to answer because I know because she breathes a certain way and I know. And we can, we can communicate with, in, in just shorthand talk, right? I'll say to my wife, I'll say, she's a high C. And Michelle will say, oh, okay, well, she needs a little bit more details and maybe more time to, to ponder. I'll say to, I'll say to Michelle, they're going through what we went through in Maryland. And she'll be like, oh, okay. And, she'll just, and she just knows exactly what we're talking about because we, we, we can talk in shorthand. You know, we're vulnerable to one another. You know, sometimes when you're sick, it's gross. Yeah? No? Okay. That's fine. I guess you guys are just beautiful when you're, uh, you know, or whatever. But, you know, whatever happens, you know, sometimes you're vulnerable. Sometimes you say things and you're like, I feel this way. I know I shouldn't feel this way, but this is how I feel. And you're vulnerable there. It doesn't matter if it's gross. It doesn't matter if you're vulnerable. Like, we're there for each other and we're in each other's lives. Sometimes if it's really gross, you don't want to be there, but you're the one, you know. You're, you're the one. It's there. And, and as awesome as that is and how well I, uh, you know, we know each other, how long we've been together, it's not always perfect. There's times when there's a little distance, you know. Uh, I get frustrated when she says nothing, and so I'm like, well, fine, nothing, and I'll leave you alone. All right, you know. There's a little distance. Sometimes we're closer uh, than other times. Um, but, you know, there's something that's true about our relationship, and that is that we're in a covenant bond together. And that whatever happens, um, we are, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, poverty or, for, or in wealth, we're together, and it's going to be uh, and for the rest of our lives until death do us part, uh, we're going to be together. And so that means that if we're, if we're together, and some days it feels like we're stuck, like if I'm stuck, all right, um, and, you know, whatever happens, if I invest in the relationship, then it's going to be good. And, and, and if I'm stuck with her, I mean, I might as well, yeah, lean in and try to do good, you know. But if I'm, but if I'm, and I, and I'm in this relationship till death do us part, so if, I, if I'm a jerk to her, Right? Well, at the end of the day, I'm going to reap that. But you know what? She ain't going nowhere, and I ain't going nowhere. We're in a covenant bond. Right? 
Look, I can do all I can do to make the relationship better, or I can let it get worse. But either way, I'm going to live with the results of our choices, because that is the relationship. And, and I can't speak for her, although I, I think she probably would say the same thing. But I'm going to stand here and say this, that the only thing that's going to separate me from my covenant with Michelle is death. We're there. And so that what I invest in that relationship, that's what I'm going to end up living with over time. And you say, okay, pastor, this is great, but I dug out of the snow uh, to just hear about you know, how much you love your wife. But here's the mystery. I'm not just talking about marriage. I'm not just talking about my relationship with Michelle, I'm talking about the kind of relationship that the Holy Spirit wants to have with you and me. The person of the Holy Spirit who is bound to us through a blood covenant of Jesus Christ, he is bound. That when I confess him, Jesus, as my Lord, the Holy Spirit enters into that bond and covenant relationship with me and will not leave me or forsake me. In fact, it is through the Holy Spirit that Jesus keeps his promise, I will never leave you or forsake you until the end of the age. And marriage mirrors that covenant. It can't fully explain that covenant, just like every analogy eventually falls apart, but it shows us what it means that the Holy Spirit is with us until death separates us, and even then he's still with us because he's going to be there. But he's walking with us through this life. And so if he's there, I can either feed that relationship and have a good, strong relationship with the Holy Spirit of God who speaks into me, or I can ignore that relationship, I can grieve the Holy Spirit, and I can can push him away. The Holy Spirit wants to have the same kind of relationship in similar in fashion as I have with Michelle. The Holy Spirit wants me to be able to read his moods. Say, oh, this is God here. He's got moods. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. The scriptures say in several different places that you can grieve the Spirit of God. What, what happens to you? Here, let me just say it like this. What happens if I grieve Michelle and I don't know it and I don't do anything about it? You don't want to say, do you? Sunday morning. You'd be like, it's not going to go well. It's not, you're not going to have a good day, right? What, what, do I, what do I need to do? I need to, first of all, I need to be aware of it, don't I? I need to be aware of her, uh, of her mood, where she's at. Am I grieving her? And the Holy Spirit wants the same relationship. Holy Spirit knows your moods in and out, right, up and down. Predict, tell you what's coming. And, and, and the Holy Spirit wants you to be able to say, uh, you know, this, this grieved you. I, I did this thing. I said this thing. I watched this thing. I did this thing. And, and you were grieved by that. The Holy Spirit wants shorthand communication. I can just say a few words to Michelle, and she knows exactly where I'm coming from. She knows there we got all this experience. The Holy Spirit wants to be able to speak into your ear and say, stop. Don't say that. Right? And, and what happens, right? What happens if Michelle says shorthand communication, something really short, that she wants me to, to get the message and then to kind of move on? Maybe we're in a public setting. And I turn to her, and I'm like, why do you say that? Why are you telling me that? Why do you want me to do that? Explain it, you know, and I'm not sure I want to do that, right? She'll back away. She'll say, well, I, I, was just trying to, I was just trying to help you. I was just trying to guide you in that situation, give you my wisdom. And the Holy Spirit will be there, and he'll speak, and he wants to be able to speak to you in shorthand communication and just say, don't do that. And you, in your spirit, say, okay. We've been together long enough. We've been close enough together that I know, okay, you say don't do it, then I know that's what's, in, that's what's best, and I'm not going to do it. Holy Spirit wants there to be a vulnerability between us. 
He wants to be there and, and to know what I'm really thinking and what's really going on in my heart and to share in that and to have that type of relationship with us. And the question that we come to in maintenance is this. Are we going to allow that to happen? Where are we in our relationship with the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit, who the scriptures have made so clear, and we're going to talk about it, he wants to be with you. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. He wants that intimate, personal relationship. You know, the Holy Spirit is not an it or a force. Jesus, we heard him refer to it several times, him, himself, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and I don't have time to unpack the Trinity this morning, but there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and the three of them make one God, and I don't understand it, but you know what? If my little human brain could understand God, he wouldn't be much of a God. And so I have to understand him, and I have to go with it through the language, and I know that the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit of God, has been sent to have a personal relationship with me to apply in my life everything that Jesus lived and died to accomplish in my life. And he wants to have that relationship with me. Do I want it? Where am I at? What kind of access? You know, just like with Michelle, it's, it's easy. You, we could, you could pull me out, and if we had an honest conversation on any random Tuesday, and you said, hey, how's your relationship with Michelle today? And I, I might be like, hey, it's great. You know, we're communicating. Everything's good. Or I might be like, hey, she's a jerk. <laughs> sometimes it's close. Sometimes it's distant. But as we talk about the Holy Spirit, where are you? If I pull you out on this random Sunday morning and I say, where are you? How's your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Is it close? Is it far? Where are you at with the Spirit of God? This is maintenance. You see, the Holy Spirit has always been with us. The Holy Spirit's always been with us. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this over here so that you can see it maybe a little bit. Whoa, 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 whoa. The Holy Spirit's always, if this is us and this is the Holy Spirit, you know that the Holy Spirit has always been with us? In fact, even before you were saved, it was the Holy Spirit that was around you, convicting you, sometimes keeping you safe, keeping you, you want to go off the edge, and it was the Holy Spirit guiding you, even though we call this general grace, even though you didn't know Jesus, the Holy Spirit was there. And as, as you lived your life and as the time came, it was the Holy Spirit who began to bring conviction. It was the Holy Spirit who began to knock on the door. It was the Holy Spirit who began to say, Will you accept the offer of Jesus Christ? Will you come in and, and, and be a, a son of God, and a daughter of God? Will you accept? It's the Holy Spirit's there. The Holy Spirit has always been there. He is always with us. And in that moment when we accept, Jesus said this. Jesus said, hey, he's with you, but he will be in you. And when we accept him as, as Savior, we know that God comes in us. Right? We've talked about this so much that Jesus comes in us, the Spirit of God comes in us and begins wrestling with our flesh, begins to transform us and to shape us into the image of Christ. The, the will of the Spirit is that you would be more and more and more in all of your actions like Christ, have more Christ, less flesh in our lives, and he's willing to commit to that, to work alongside us. He's always there with us and working in us, desiring to pour more of God in to our hearts. The goal of the Holy Spirit is that our every thought, feeling, attitude, and action would reflect the nature of Jesus. Man, that's a tall order, isn't it? That's a tall order. Guess how you don't get there? You don't get there only by thinking about God on Sunday morning. 
You don't get there only by thinking about God for 10 or 15 minutes in the morning or at night. That's not how you get there. We get there by recognizing that the Holy Spirit is with us always and desires to lead us every step of the way. Now, he is constantly present and working toward that goal. Now, I want us to look at, I'm, I'm going to read you the whole New Testament, okay, but I want you to see a pattern, all right? There's several scriptures here. Honestly, I'm only half kidding, but I want you to see there's a pattern because you see in the New Testament, which that's what we model our lives after, right? In the New Testament, we see that after the Spirit fell at Pentecost, that the Spirit began to lead those early Christians as they were following God. So we see that in this, go ahead and skip for me to Acts, uh, Acts 8 and 29, we see Acts 8.29, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. If you read the context of Acts chapter 8, it, it, Philip was in a revival. Philip was preaching in a church, okay? So it would be just like if I said, and I walked out that door, right? Well, I mean, Pastor Sam's there. He would probably pick things up after a minute after he figured out it wasn't an illustration, right? He would be like, all right, well, let's figure this out. Philip walks out. Because he's led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says to him in that moment, go. He gets out to the outskirts of town, and the Holy Spirit says, go up to that chariot. And if you know the story there in Acts 8, he preaches to this Ethiopian ruler who's the third in command in all of Ethiopia. And this guy gets saved and gets baptized, and he goes back to Ethiopia. And even today, 44% of Ethiopia is Orthodox Christian, and they trace their roots back to this story in Acts chapter 8. From Philip, who was in the middle of, right in front of people, Right? I mean, this, this is probably the most important thing that I'm going to do all week because you guys are all staring at me, okay? But the Holy Spirit says, go, and Philip says, okay. And he goes, and he's close enough that he hears, and he's willing to go and to follow. Acts chapter 13 and verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. While they were worshiping. Here's another time. They're all together. They're loud, right? They're singing. They're praising God. And the Holy Spirit speaks into the middle of that, and they're able to hear. And what do they do? They're obedient. They're like, okay, he wants Barnabas and Saul. He wants them to go. All right, guys, we're going to pack you up. We're going to pray for you. We're going to send you on your way. The Spirit leading these early believers. Acts chapter 15 and verse 28. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. Acts 15, the context is the council at Jerusalem where they decide that us Gentiles don't have to follow the law and sacrifice the animals at the temple and do all of that. If you're looking for a reason to rejoice, read Acts 15 and you're like, woohoo, yeah, I can eat bacon and I don't have to like go sacrifice animals at the temple. Praise the Lord, right? Acts 15. But look at this. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit. They were so close. The presence of this Holy Spirit was so close that, that, you know what? It's like Michelle when she's breathing, right? It's like I can hear her. She's breathing, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're good, right? We're good. I can hear her. She's like, it's steady. She's kind of, she's good. She's vibing with this, right? I can pick it up because we're so close. And they said, it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. It's like we didn't even have to, we didn't have to talk. I could, I could just, I, we sensed it. He was there with us, and we sensed it. There was a peace in it, right? And we sensed it there. Romans 8, 26 through 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. 
Now, I'm Pentecostal, and so I interpret these groans as being Paul referring from the context to be speaking in tongues and praying in tongues. But if you're not Pentecostal and you don't think that's what that is, that's fine. But you, you look at that word, and it says wordless groans, and you know. Maybe you've been praying, and you've just kind of, ah, oh, out to the Lord, right? And, and the, 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 the scriptures tell us, Paul tells us, that the Spirit is there with you and will even speak up when you don't have the words to say. And if you've never been in a situation before where you didn't have the words to say, you didn't even know what to ask, then Lord bless you. But I want to tell you that, that, that those times come and you don't, I don't even know God. I don't even know what to pray. God help me. God help me. And he says the Spirit's there and he speaks for us and through us in, in that, in those times. Romans 8, 14 through 16. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The spirit of God, for those who are led by the spirit of God, are the children of God. We are led by him. He comes and guides us and leads us. How do I, when your children are little, how do you lead them? I mean, you, 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 you guide them every step of the way. You don't leave them alone in a room, right? You, don't leave, you leave them alone for a second, you turn your back, and you hear something quiet, and you're like, oh, my goodness, right? Somebody's dead, okay? You don't leave them alone. You guide them. And he says the Spirit of God comes, and he guides us. We are the children of God, and he guides us, and he speaks to us, and he directs us each and every step of the way. Galatians 5, through 25, it says this, By the fruit of the Spirit is love. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You know what? As Christians, one of the biggest failures is when we try to do these things. When I try to love and have joy and have peace and be patient, Those are the worst days of my life and the least productive days of my Christian walk. When I say, I'm going to be patient today, I I break that commitment before I hit the door, right? I yell at a kid, and I'm like, oh, this day's shot, right? I can't be patient. You know what? This does not say, but the fruit of Jason Lowe trying hard is love, joy, peace. What does it say? The fruit of the Spirit is What does that describe for us? It describes that I listen to the Holy Spirit and I do what he says and what the result is going to be is this. If I walk into a situation and the Holy Spirit says, don't say that. And I go, all right. And I keep my mouth shut. You know what everybody's going to look at me and say? He's patient. You know when I walk into a situation and the Holy Spirit says, hey, say this. Encourage here. Encourage here. And and I say what he says. You know what they're going to say? He's loving. You know? When I walk in and the Holy Spirit says, when you walk through that door, you need to have this attitude. And I'm like, but Holy Spirit, that's not how I feel. Listen to me. Okay. And I walk through and I have the attitude the Spirit told me to have. You know what they're going to say? He has joy. Is that me trying to have those things? No, it's much easier on us than that. It's actually just this. Listen to the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God leads you and the fruit of you following the Spirit of God are these things. And if you don't have those things, it's not evidence that you, can't, that you need to try harder and that you don't have enough willpower. It's evidence that you're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, that you're keeping him at arm's length, that you are, are keeping him at a distance and not listening to him and allowing him to speak into your life. 
I'm going to ask Brother Bryce to come up here real quick with me. Listen, as we walk with the Holy Spirit, we can decide how close we want the Spirit of God to be. The Spirit of God, we, we can hold the Spirit of God at, at arm's length. We could be an, a far enough away that he's going to stay with me, but he, we could be far enough away where I can't hear him whisper. The Holy Spirit always whispers his direction. And if you want to hear the Holy Spirit, then that means throughout the day, you're going to have to determine that you're going to stay close enough that you can hear him whisper. So that when he says, hear my spirit, that I can hear. And, and, and it doesn't matter. If I come to church on Sunday and me and the Holy Spirit are, oh, I love you, I love you. And I get up in the morning and I'm like, oh, I love you, I love you. And then I walk out my door. And he's trailing behind, and I can't hear him whisper. Guess what? My life's not going to be filled with the fruit of the Holy Spirit and my relationship with the Holy Spirit. I have to determine, and this is the maintenance, how am I going to keep the Holy Spirit so close? I want the Holy Spirit so close to me that it's barely appropriate for two men to be that close to each other. <laughs> right? I want, oh, I love you, brother. I love you. Is this where the Holy Spirit is as we're walking through life? Again, I, I, I can be close sometimes, and then I can walk away. And, and that's just like marriage, right? You see it, don't you? I mean, sometimes it's so close, and sometimes it's, oh, honey, and, and it's wonderful, and it's great. And then, and then it's like, oh, I don't, I'm not sure about you today, <laughs> right? But is it a consistency of walking close with the Spirit of God? Because I want, I want to tell you this. You can have as much of God as you want. You can have as much of God as you want. You can have as much of God as you want. Amen. Can we give Bryce a hand this morning? So when I decide and I say, okay, I want more of God. I want that. Then what do I need to do? This is maintenance. So there's some things that I need to stop doing, and there's some things I need to start doing if I want more of God in my life. Listen, the first thing is, you need to stop. Give it to me, brother. You need to stop following culture. You need to stop following culture. And listen, I'm not saying that you need to stop being fashionable, okay? I'm not saying like, oh, so you're saying like, what, I got to dress like an Amish person, right? That's how I get there? No, all right? I'm not saying you have to stop being fashionable. I'm saying you have to stop following culture. What does culture say? What are culture's values? I want to tell you, best case scenario in culture is selfishness and self-centeredness. Worst case scenario in culture is demonic, right? Not everything's demonic, okay? It's easy to stand up. I could, I could just preach sermons. be super easy. No prep time, really. Just stand up and say everything's the devil. Ha! That's easy, Right? Not everything's the devil, but the best case scenario in culture is that it's self-centered and it's me first. And if I want God and I want to listen to him, God's instructions and directions to me are always going to be God-centered and selfish, selfless and self-sacrificial. And when I hear the voice of God and that, that's where he's going to direct me and that's where he's going to lead me, culture leads me to saying I'm number one. The Holy Spirit leads me to say I'm not number one, I'm not maybe even number two. I may not even be number three in this situation. And the Spirit leads me in that direction. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And doesn't it make sense that if the Holy Spirit's speaking to me and leading me, that I know what the will of God is, right? I mean, when, when Michelle and I are in lockstep and we're in a good place and we're communicating good and everything, I know what she wants to do. When we're at arm's length and there's, there's, there's a little bit of something between us, and I don't know, and I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, nothing. And, and she's like, hey, how can I? And I'm like, oh, get away from me. We're still, in, we're still bonded. We're still together. We're still living together. We're still married. But that communication's not there. I don't know what her will is. She doesn't know what my will is. But when the Holy Spirit is close and the relationship is there, I know what, the, I know what his will is, right? I know what God's will is for me. Not, not just in the big picture, but also the very next step the very next word out of my mouth, the very next attitude I need to have. I know what his will is, yeah? I would submit to you that it's way more important that I know the small details of God's will than the broad strokes of God's will. I'm going to tell you, if I'm listening to him day by day, and I'm following, and he says, step here, and I step here, and he says, step here, and I step here, and he says, step here, and I step here, and he says, step here, and I step here, and he says, step here, and I step here, and, and maybe a couple years go by, I'm going to end up somewhere. Guess where that's going to be? God's will. Yes? What do I want? I want to be standing over here and, and him to say, you're going to end up right there in five years from now. And I'm like, oh, okay, God. Now I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I'm just going to do what I want to do, and I'm just going to make sure I end up over there in five years. That is not a relationship, right? It's not a relationship. But he says, follow after me, and you'll know my will. Second thing you need to stop doing is follow, stop following friends that are not following God. You are going to be, look, scientific research has shown, look it up, dig into it. You are going to be the sum of the top five people that you spend your time with. Did you know that a recent study found that if somebody loses 40 pounds, that one of their five friends will lose 40 pounds? Not even, not even necessarily by trying or not even going on anything, that they will just lose weight because one of the five people around them lost weight. And that's just one scientific study that shows the people around you have an impact on you. And if your friends are not following God, if you don't want to be where your friends are, you cannot continue to allow them to influence you. First John chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, it says this, Your children do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he, God, is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. We tend to think about people living in the gray area, don't we? Like if I know somebody, I'm, not, I'm like, well, they're not an angel, but they're not the devil, right? They're not God, but they're not the devil. They're in the middle. I've got these people in my life, and they're influencing me, and they're all right, you know, they're all right. But what does the Bible say? There is nobody that's just all right. They're, they're either leading you to God or they're leading you to the devil. And, it, and it's up to you to sit down and be honest with yourself and say, where is this person leading me? And you're going to want to say it. You're going to want to be like, well, they're not really leading me in one way or the other. It's just in the middle, just kind of meh, you know, whatever. No, the scripture just read it to you. It says this. They're either leading you to God or they're leading you to the devil. And you need to be serious about the evaluation of the people that are influencing you in your life. And, and Jeremiah 15, 19 says it this way. And I went all New, new Living Translation on you. 
This is how the Lord responds. If you return to me, I will restore you so that you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, praise the Lord, you will be my spokesman. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. That is the test. And, it, and it, are they influencing you? You say, well, do I have to cut all my relationships? God wants you to be friends with non-Christian people. But you have to remember, are these the ones that are in my circle? Are these the ones influencing me? And if you can't be honest about it, get some help determining. Somebody close to you that you trust to say, is this person influencing me? Am I different when I'm around this person? And if they say yes, then be willing to do what you need to do, to distance yourself and to pull yourself out of that. Stop, stop following friends that aren't following Jesus. The next thing you need to do is stop being led by circumstances. Oh, well, everything, everything lined up, right? I thought I wanted, I, you know, I was thinking about this, and the next thing you know, the door's opened and, and everything, and it was like, oh, God opened the door. I, I got news for you. The devil can open a door too. Look, Acts chapter 27 and verse 10. Paul is talking to these guys, and they're, 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 on a, they're on a sailing trip. And Paul says, listen, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But listen what happens. Three verses later, it says, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Right? What Paul says, listen, I heard from the Spirit you are not supposed to take this journey. I know this is not a good city to, to spend the winter in, but it's better for us to be here than to lose everything. But what happened? A gentle wind began to blow. A door opened. The circumstances were just right. And they said, oh, but we've got, we've got good favor here. This must be a good omen. This must be the Lord wanting us to go through. But what happens? The shipwrecks, they only survive because they're with Paul. They lose all their cargo. They lose their ship. But why? Because there was a gentle breeze that began to blow. Don't be dictated to by your circumstances, good or bad. We're dictated to by the Spirit of God speaking to us. And if you can't hear the Spirit of God, then keep your feet planted until you get a direction. Stop being led by feelings. Emotions are always temporary. Emotions are, I want you to say it along with me. Emotions are always temporary. It doesn't matter how angry I get. It doesn't matter how happy I get. It doesn't matter how sad I get. It's always temporary. It may last a little bit of time, and I'm starting to think, well, this might be permanent. It's a lie. It's not. Emotions are always temporary. And I am not led by my feelings. You know, people will say to me, well, I have a piece about it. Jonah. Chapter 1 and verse 5, all the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. I'm an adult, so I don't sleep well. <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. You know what it takes for me to sleep well? I've got, I mean, the sheets have to be perfect. The room has to be perfect. There has to be zero light. There has to be zero noise. Michelle can't be breathing a certain way. And I have peace. Jonah, Jonah, who is going the dead opposite of the will of God. God said, go this way. Jonah said, I don't want to. I'm going this way. And he goes, and he goes down into the bottom of the ship, and he has such peace that even with the storm going on around, he's asleep. They come down and they wake him up and they're like, hey, buddy, you got to get up, man, we're dying. He's like, oh, but I had such peace. 
I was asleep down here. You can have peace on your way to sail away from the will of God. Your feelings are not, our feelings are not what dictate. Oh, well, I have peace. I feel good about this. I don't care. What does the Spirit of God say? And if the Spirit of God has not spoken, then I don't care how you feel about it. Keep your feet planted. We're not led by our emotions. And our feelings, emotions are temporary. They're always temporary. So what do I need to start doing? What do I need to start doing? Okay, those are things I need to stop doing, which all those are available in the message notes. If you get on your app and go to messages and message notes, you can get that and you can find those things. I need to stop doing those things. What are the things I need to start doing? First of all, is wanting to be led by the Holy Spirit. Do you want it? Like, honestly, do you want it? I mean, you know, it's easy to say, again, it's easy to come in here on Sunday morning and be like, oh, bless God, hallelujah, yes, I want it. But if you want it, it's got to be in Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and at school and at work and in all the places where you've got to be willing to say, you know what, I'm willing, I want it. I want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 51, verses 10 through 12 says this, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. You know, David had killed Uriah, slept slept with Bathsheba, killed Uriah. He was in a tough spot and he was afraid that God was going to take his spirit away and not direct him or guide him anymore. And David said, please, God, please, God, even though I'm here, even though I'm in this moment, please, God, continue to guide me by your spirit. Is that the cry of your heart? Honestly. I mean, it's easy, again, it's easy on Sunday morning to come in here and be like, yippee, yay, Holy Spirit. But do you want that? Have you made that known to God? Do you make that known to God on on a regular day of the week? God, I want to hear you. Come with me. Stay close to me so that I can hear you whisper. We need to start being willing to do what the Holy Spirit says. You know, when God, when you know that it's God telling you to do something, the answer is yes. God, my, my spirit inside of me is this. As soon as, I get, as soon as I get grounded in the fact that I know it's you, I'm willing to do it. But uh, what if it embarrasses me? What if it means a hard conversation? What if it means a sacrifice? What if it means uh, an embarrassment? I'm willing to do it. God, I'm not going to talk myself out of it. I'm not going to talk myself. I'm not going to justify my way out of it. God, as soon as I'm sure it's you, I'm willing to do whatever you say. 2 John 1, 6 says, and this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. To come in here on Sunday and say, I love you, God. You're amazing. How do we show our love for God is obedience. Walking it out. To be led by the Holy Spirit, we need to start learning the scriptures which were written by the Holy Spirit. This is God's will. God will speak to us a rhema word of God and we'll we'll go back and forth and say, is this God's will? I'm going to test it through prayer and through the scriptures and through those things. Well, there's one thing I can know for sure. This is God's will. What he says in here, I know is 100% his will. Psalm 119, 9 through 12, it says this, how can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Yahweh. Teach me your decrees. 
to be led by the Spirit, I need to start listening for the Holy Spirit's leading. If our prayers are just, God, I need this, God, I need this, God, I need this, amen, see you next time. And there's not a time to sit and say, God, direct me. Tell me, speak into my spirit. Lead me, guide me. If I'm walking through my day and there's no time to hear what God has to say, how's he gonna lead me? He's always gonna whisper. John chapter 10, verses 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. This is maintenance. This is our relationship with God. This is the Holy Spirit who's in a blood covenant with you and he's gonna be with you and in you. He's gonna follow you. He's gonna follow me. Are we gonna listen to him? Because we can have as much of God as we want. We can have as much of God as we want. How much of God do you want? have as much of God as you want. God, as we come to you this morning, Lord, you see our hearts. You know us, Lord. You know our relationship with you and where it stands, Lord. First thing we do is honor you, God, because Holy Spirit, we've taken you into some places. We've subjected you to some thoughts, some actions, and yet you went right with us into all of those places as much as it grieved you. You have not forsaken us or left us, but you have kept your promise. And we rejoice in who you are. And God, we confess that your ways are the best ways and that we want to follow after you, God. So Lord, will you stir our hearts to want more and more of you? Will you stir our hearts to listen to you? God, will you stir our hearts to pray and stir our hearts to get serious about the scriptures so that, God, we can hear you as you whisper? as you lead us and guide us, knowing, God, that you love us and are gonna take us to what is ultimately the best outcome. Stir our hearts, Father. Stir the hearts of this people. God, I love them. And I want them to make decisions that honor you and that lead to good, prosperous, peaceful lives. Lead them, Lord, as they call out to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Our prayer team is coming to the altar at this time. And, you know, maybe even as we dismiss here this morning, I don't know if you've got to be somewhere or whatever, but if you don't, maybe you need to take a moment to just come up here. Maybe you need to pray with somebody. Maybe you just need to pray on your own and just take a moment and say, God, I'm serious about wanting you in my life. Maybe, maybe I know maybe you got something you need to head out the door. That's okay, but Wherever you are, the Spirit of God is there. Draw them close. Amen. God, I pray your blessing on your people as they go from this place. Give them peace that passes understanding. So much so that people around them take notice and they come and they say, what's different about you? And our answer will be, it's the peace of God. It's the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus. He directs me. He guides me. He speaks peace over my soul. I thank you. God, for this peace, and I pray this blessing on your people now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Peace be with you.